0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Codeurance Talks, podcast about technology, software, craftsmanship, and all things software development. Um, I'm Jose. Um Jr. JR worked on Twitter. Well, X, ex- the formerly you know, on the network as uh, Twitter. No, probably the last Twitter network. Um, I didn't even know. It. Anyways, uh, thank you for being here. And uh, today we're going to be talking about a topic that is quite fine. I have mixed feelings about this topic, right? Because when people bring it up, um, they don't always mean the same thing. They usually use it to get their way. And, uh, and I am talking about something called psychological safety in the workplace life in general. To talk about this topic today, I have a very good friend of mine, Marcos Um, He's been a developer, he's been a CDO in startup, he's been, uh, he's been acquired. He's a CDO in a group, bigger company, multinational. So he's been through the whole thing. And I feel like he's not only a, very passionate about this topic, but also uh, has lots of experience because if there is something in common in all of this uh, scenarios is that you have to manage people. You have to lead people, I would say. You now, and, and a big part of making sure, uh, that you're successful in leading people is making sure that they have that environment where they can do their best work, right? And that, um, includes psychological safety for sure. Right? So welcome, Marcus. Lovely to have you here. Yeah. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to be uh, here. Uh, yeah. Awesome to have you here. So as I was saying initially, no psychological safety is, is a term that is thrown around a lot. Yeah. That's so maybe we could start framing the the conversation that we're going to have around the topic. And, and what do we mean uh, by that? No, let's, let's start there and maybe uh, see where that leads us. Yeah. Okay. So how do you good. define? Psychological safety, or you know, what's on your? Um,
1: that's a that's a great thing. So I have, as I've prepared for the topic, I have like one or two different definitions. I'm not so sure, like, if I like to start with that. But if you allow me ex- an experiment, let's do it the other way around. Okay. Like, why why don't you tell me what's what's psychological psychological safety?
0: Um, I think that it has to do with fear or pressure like being a, in an environment where you feel basically safe you don't feel threatened no and your reactions are not conditioned by that uh, which is not always the case a lot of the times we we are sort of subject to pressure and we have fears and all these things we may not communicate them we may not even know where some of these things are coming from some are self-imposed or some may be you know Someone else may be creating that environment for you. And I, and I think, for instance, leaders in this case have a, have a very um, important role to play, you no, know, when it comes to that. Sure. But that's what I would, what I would say, you know, for me, it's about creating that environment where your reaction is not completely conditioned by, by fear or by this type of pressure. What do you, what do you think? Am I close? Yeah, that's very good. And I felt like um, I wanted to try this experiment
1: and thanks for doing it because it actually shows the psychological safety we have in in this room together. Like, you know, like we're not like, I I was hopefully not fearing you with your question. I was just challenging you to like, you know, give me your idea. And this is a space where we're free to uh, talk about it and discuss it. And it's it's a lot about these interpersonal risks that we have. that I discussed with psychological safety. So it's the things about like, you know, um, do we look smart? Do we look capable? Do we look helpful in the eyes of others? That's what we're interested in. And we really want to avoid like things like, um, being felt like incompetent, uh, ignorant or negative. Um, and, and one yeah. of the definitions that we actually have that I think is, is pretty good from like one of the, um researchers that that we probably talk about is like team psychological safety is defined as a shared belief that the team is safe for interpersonal risk taking. So it's a team thing. It's more, it's not something that you create by yourself, but it's your interaction with other people. And it's a belief. It's like the way, like you feel about like being in this team and can I be my, can I be my authentic self? Can I be how I actually am or do I need to edit myself? Or can I be free to ask questions? Can I be free to try to contribute? Or can I be free to challenge the status quo and uh, not go with the group thinking, but actually say
0: hey, like, so, hey, can I say what let, I think? Can I, uh, exactly, can I say what I think? Exactly. Okay, no, that's. Uh, I, I think I'm very much aligned uh, with that. And I guess this is a topic that, that we may explore uh, later on uh, in the podcast, right, but uh, a lot of the times, when people are referring to psychological safety, they yeah. may think you know, more on the lines of uh, someone shouted at you, or someone, no, or you're being discriminated, or something like a bit more aggressive, or more on the, yeah, uh, on the someone is actively trying to hurt you or put you under pressure or something yeah. like that. Which of course is is part of that. If that is happening, then. True things are, uh, are not well, no, but, um, but there's also a lot of these things that are self-imposed or they're kind of based on our perception of how others see uh, others see us right. and, uh, and that's probably uh, much more overlooked, no? Like if I am afraid to ask a question because, you know, maybe people will not say anything, right? Like maybe they will take the question seriously and know. Uh, like, but it's in your head and it, if it is in your head, it's real. That's <laughs> true. Uh, and that conditions a lot of things. So, so it's a bit of a, it's difficult, no? to Because you kind of have to preemptively uh, work on some of these things. Uh, but on the other side, it's not just an external thing because you are part of that. Yeah, you mentioned relationships or interactions within people. You That's are true. part of those interactions. So how you perceive things is also something that you would need to change, you no, know, or evolve in, in some cases in order to do this, right? Because you may be introducing that uh, that factor, you no? Know? Yeah, very true. So it, it, it's a cultural thing and it's like, you know,
1: your actions frame and change the environment that you're having. It's like you as a lead, but also like you as a teammate. Like in the way you interact with your with, within your team is definitely defining the 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 safety standards or the safety net that you're having or the risk taking that that um your teammates feel like it's a good thing. So, or um showing vulnerability or um showing like I don't know things and I want to learn that as a lead mm. is definitely something that impacts like um your team,
0: so, your team's behavior. So we are aligned kind of on what we're talking about when we're talking about psychological safety, so that Of course, you know, right. you and I were both um, in the technology industry you know, or the technology service or yes. IT, whatever you want to call this. No, and a... I would say that we are not well known enough, for, <laughs> or our interpersonal skills. Let's put it like that. No, to, to put it mildly. Uh, so, in in your experience, like when was it that you kind of started getting interested in this topic? Right, like you, you've been through a lot of things, right? Lots yes. of different contexts, etc. But is there a point where you said, okay, so maybe? Maybe I should work on this or maybe, you know, the, the place where I am is not, do you have any, any thoughts on that? So I have like, I think,
1: I think now that I've done, I have gone through various like, you know, environments and companies. And I think in retrospect is where I actually learned and 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 now have structured that seeing it, like while I was in the process, I was, as you mentioned at the beginning, it was a lot about like, you know, um working with teams and leading teams. And that was one of the things why why I enjoy so much, like, you know, being in a leadership uh, position because it's, there's interaction and working with teams, but it was more a natural evolution. I tried to solve the problems that I had uh, at hand and like, you know, the term psychological health safety for me came like later. And um, now that we're talking about it, like, you know, things fall into place. Um. I have like one or two good examples if you want, like just my personal examples, and we can go through
0: them, um, mm. just to see like you know how how things played out for me. Yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> I also have cool. some, some other stories as well. Like, cause I think this is this is something that touches everyone, right? Like, it's yeah, not just, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <it's laughs> everyday life is is also yeah. about it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so if you want to share? Yeah, I, I,
1: would love to start with the one like you know that impact me most, impacted me most. I was um, CTO of a startup for um around eight years, and it was a Spanish fintech. We like you know challenged the, the fintech uh, with the uh, the banking sector. We were giving uh consumer loans, and we had very high standards. So like we were trying to like be innovative, um, and creating. A- great product for, um, our customers. Um, I was CTO there. I had a CEO who was very supportive and helpful. It was my first CTO role. So he was good on the learning side and helping me grow. Um, but he also had a dark side. I I'd say like, he was the one like, you know, when he got like, you know, stressed and pressured, he could be pretty like, you know, um, let's say. Bad is a bad description, like you know. But he could, like, if um, he could make me really feel stupid and make me truly afraid of, like, you know, talking openly uh, with him about it. And I was multiple times about, like, thinking about, like, quitting on this. And uh, my wife Panyat like realized, like, during when I was working there, and I was speaking, and the phone rang, and like, you know, it was my CEO. She really saw, like, you know, that that was him because, like, I can see you being afraid, like, in your face. Um, but I didn't quit because I was like, you know, like first he was not an entirely bad person. Like he had these character traits, but, and I also was the CTO. So I wanted to, you know, make that work for my team. So I didn't want to have them being in in an environment full of fear and anxiety. So, um, I pushed through, we made it work, um, more more or less, I'd say like, I think it was, um, there's a mixed bag in this, which is like, you know, we, we sold the company successfully. I think for my teams, I managed to have like a relatively safe place and we had some good iteration. Yet, um, it took me around a year after we sold the company and I didn't have any business relationship with my boss anymore to not be afraid anymore when he called uh,
0: me actually. So that was really something that was in my book. Kind of like a... A, a reaction, right? Like almost like a lobbying kind of. Yeah, exactly. I still the. I was like, yes, I was like, and, and this took like really a lot of time. And then
1: when I moved into the next company, I, I I I could sense that this was like completely different there. So uh, we got acquired by a company, and I was in the leadership team then, uh, reporting to the CTO, and and there was a different environment, really different vibe there. So. It was a safe place, up until like you, we were able to express our also half baked ideas and challenge each other. We had way more, let's say, um, disagreements, but it was also always like on a um, on a place where we challenged each other just to be like you know better go for each other. So there's there's examples to it, um, but. Um, the main piece that we had there was like that place where you were safe and you got really challenged to like, you know, think outside the box and introduce like some 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 new ways of, of working. And um, I remember introducing things like 20% for engineering excellence because we needed to, which was defined as actually 20% from our work time was uh, focused for engineering excellence and we had to in- build like, you know, some improvements on our platform, but also like, you know, a lot of learnings and teams did like deep work weeks or Fridays for learning and, and, and all of that. And it was very
0: innovative and, and, and for me, one of the best places where where I've worked. So you, you touch on a few, I, I also have some stories on this, but, um, cool. you also, you touch on a few things that I feel are super important and we'll talk more about this later on when we're talking about uh, how do you measure ROI of this, no, or how do you, because this is another area that, you know, take to uh, stay in the clouds, right? So how do we make it tangible? What, what does this mean for the business? Like all of those things are, we're going to be talking about, right? But uh, you talked about challenging, right? Like mm-hmm. we're creating an environment where people would be able to challenge the status quo or bring out their ideas and so on. And I think this is especially important. Well, it's it's been proven as very important for innovation, right? For fostering innovation right. and being able to improve. And if you want to stay successful as a company, you need to constantly be in you know, a challenging, can we do things better, right? Uh, and that cannot be something that people are afraid of you know, or right. that only certain people do yeah, because, leadership uh, is just like, you know, Oh, we have the it, new ideas and the rest. Exec- exactly. Exactly. Everyone else just executes. Right. Kind of, kind of thing. But, um, but there is a distinction now between that challenge of innovation, uh, what I would say, a, a constructive challenging or or, 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 right. And just, I want to do whatever I want. No, or I wanna, <laughs> yeah, or or I will use this as a, an excuse to, you know, be a jerk or uh, polite or you know you can say things many different ways, right? And I feel like that's also something people need to uh, understand here. Now, when we're talking about this challenges and so on, we're talking about doing it in a way in which you're actually doing it for the betterment of the group. No. And you're right. actually moving the conversation forward, not just because I don't like it and yeah, that's it. Right. And, uh, you're not able to, to convey or to have that conversation. So i I feel like it is about having the conversation, not just about res- respecting all of people. Of course, respect is part of that, but, uh, just because we disagree no, and we are in a safe environment, that doesn't mean that, you know, I have to do what you're saying, no, it, but. That environment is there so that we can have the conversation, right? That's and I think true. that's, that's the important, uh, that's, well, that's one of the important, uh, aspects of, of that. And I had a similar situation, uh, back, you know, like 50 years ago, something on those lines I was developing for this company and the, the MD was a guy that would just sometimes just. Start shouting and this kind of thing. And I remember in particular my brother was getting married, and I had a a, a trip booked uh, for the longest time, like months in advance. But he only found out, uh, you know, a few days before I before <laughs> went, and he started, you know, making a whole uh, deal out of it. And I was like, ah, I know, how is this possible? Blah blah. awful uh, like I'm questioning their commitment and like all of these things. I there was a to, to be fair there was a release uh, coming up, etc. But I had everything in place. He just wanted me to be there. I don't know somehow. Right? Okay. Um. And this is one of those things where you feel like, okay, uh, am I in the right place? No. So this. So talk of the cues. No. That that listen. I've been busting my ass trying to get this done. No. And this is. The treatment now that that yeah. and by the way he didn't say any of those things to me, yeah, like this is when he got the news he you know, burst into flames stuff and then when he saw me he was kind of like oh, okay he didn't say anything but that's also important yeah. right this is not just. A, um, cause a lot of the times and, and now moving maybe into the role of, of leaders and why is it so important for, for leaders in the tech industry in general, right? Um, cause what you do has repercussions, right? Like you are sending a message, even if you didn't aim to create an environment where people are stressed and uh, what you do and how you react to things. And you know, the comments that you make, like all of those things help. In creating or destroying that that safety, and we're talking about trust, right? Trust yep. is one of those things that takes a very long time to to build, but you can destroy, destroy it, it really quickly, yeah. right? Um, and I feel like that's that's something that you know you get better at. But if you if you don't know your own triggers and if you don't know how you react, sometimes you can be your worst enemy when when it comes to. This, you know creating this this environment no yes yes you also mentioned um, talking about the relationship with innovation and performance because performance is also very linked to to this no yeah I seen some studies um, uh, before so yeah that's true um
1: let's Let's just like, as you just highlight performance, I think, and, and as we're talking like, about our different views and what's happening, I think like the one thing that I'm, I have perceived most of the time also like where psychological safety was perceived like incorrectly was, as you mentioned, like, you know, I'm, I'm free to do like, you know, to be a jerk. Um, I, I very often heard like, that people say like, well, psychological safety, that means it's okay to do errors and everybody like, you know, doesn't have like a high standard and like, okay, we have safe place, so nobody can complain and people are like, you know, fucking things up. Well, that's definitely it's not <laughs> exactly
0: <yeah. laughs> No, this is, this is important because, yeah, you're saying, for instance, now it's a, a, you, you use a, a turn of phrase, something along the lines of, you know, being yourself, right? Like being able to be yourself at work and all these things. Well, but you know there are consequences to to things as well, and I feel like this is again we're going down the 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 line, yeah. no? That uh, so how much is is enough psychological versus you know there's no consequence to to what people yeah. do or or you know there is this yeah. uh, maybe even paternalistic uh, approach now where people are remove, the, you, you kind of remove their agency, you know, almost like treat them like children kind of thing. Yes. You no. Know? Um, and I feel this is important because in the end we are in a workplace, right? You, you, you yeah. uh, we're all professionals. We should behave professionally. We're here to do a job. Like all of those things yeah. are still true and we yeah. still want that, but it's, you know, it could be, uh, conflated. No, it could be confused. Exactly. exactly, so there, there's these two things that you really want
1: to uh, work on as lead, I feel. Like, there's the high psychological safety that you want, starting with inclusion, but then moving up the ladder to, like, you know, being able to learn, to contribute, and, and, and challenge things. But you also want, to, as a lead, to work, like, on creating an, an environment of high performance. So you're demanding excellence. And these things are not, like conflicting, but they sometimes get mixed up in like, you know, in, in our heads, probably, but like, you need these two things. You need this high psychological safety environment, plus an environment where you really challenge people to like, you know, to do the best out of the way, to do their best, exactly, to excel. Because if not, you have a high, high psychological safety and low standards, that's like a comfort zone, everybody is, is, is moving into complacency. And that I have been in a place where it was like this. Like, even if you try to challenge, if you get no standards and never, and, and, and around you, like nobody's is, is like really trying to push hard, but you just like, you comfort with where you are. Like, why should I push if nobody cares and I don't get the support?
0: Yeah. And, and it has a, a negative effect on people who are highly motivated as well. Oh yeah. right that. So that, so this is again, uh, it's a double edged sword kind of thing No, So. And, and to some extent to get that peak performance, let's put it like that, there is some level of tension that needs to be there. Right. At least that's, that's my opinion, right? Like you, if you are always in your comfort zone, you do great, but that's not how you break records. Mm -hmm. That's not how you, no, you need to kind of stretch yourself. And there is this idea of the, you know, how, how do you introduce that tension again? Let's say, no through goals and and this kind of thing like kpis or or uh, okrs or whatever it is that you're using in your organization and your team no um but it is about challenging people to go a bit beyond what, what they think they can already achieve no without going too far away it's kind of like this goldilocks zone no like it's it's the challenge that is not so far away exactly. is like, ah, uh, completely unmotivating, but it's also not so close that you're like, ah, I'm going to hit this. No problems because yeah, th- there's that exactly. complete relaxation. So, so you need a high, high bar for, for high results. That's very exactly, true. exactly. Yep. No. And that bar again, it can be moving, no, uh, but you need to establish what that is. And that is part of, you know, ha- I would say. Clear ground rules or clear clarity, no, is part of that cycle. If people need to yeah. be guessing uh, how they should be behaving, treating you, etc., what it is that is important, etc., then yeah. then you may not be creating that environment that you're looking yeah. to create. No, yeah, and you can still do that
1: without using yeah. fear to get what you want. So that that there's still this this part that exists, like a high bar and high safety for it, your teams.
0: Right. What, what about the, um, this, self imposed fears, you know what I mean? Like, okay, so we've talked about things that you can do as a leader to either introduce that kind of challenge or, you know, still move things forward within an environment of psychological safety and, and, you know, where people can do their best job. Uh, what about the things that people themselves uh, introduce? Like I'll I'll give you examples. You no know, people who are, are very committed to the job, um, and they start you know doing extra hours. Nobody's asking them. In fact, if you go to them and you say, "Hey, here, don't stay. Don't you know? Just go home, rest. You know, be with your family, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera, right? Uh, but they are still very much. They want it to go well. They they very. Uh, proud of their work etc and they would still put the timing and then eventually if you don't manage that they can uh, they could end up burning out or yeah, uh, yeah. You, you 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 can't um you can't really force it either right because it's it's on them so what are your thoughts on on that
1: that's a really good question so like work life balance is is one of the things that I as a lead, like, I have to talk with some of them um, sometimes about it. But like, um, I feel like there's something. Like, if you if you so much want something to happen that it's it's working against you in a way. So you're pushing the bar so hard that like in the end you get actually sick out of it. You're, Somewhere we're, we're at the at, at the point where like there must there must be something more than like you know just wanting to uh, make the work well because like what is it if if the work doesn't go well like you know we, we've all been in a place where like you know we, we wanted to hit deadlines and we have like pushed uh, very hard to get there, but there's also the part like you know what is it what makes it safe for you or what makes it like healthy for you like and and, and this balance. If you get out of this balance, you might get again into like, you know, okay, what's actually the fears that you have be, uh, behind you? Do you feel like not good enough or is there something um, that we can discuss? Like, I, I sound like a therapist right now, but like, you know, I feel like it's this um, interaction that might be missing um, um, for the for your team member that he doesn't actually feel safe about like saying, Hey, I'm, I probably don't deliver this on time or like, you know,
0: I need help or like, you know, can we do that differently? I I agree. I I think you can always, you know, try to have that conversation before, when you see that it's happening, you need to have that conversation quickly, right? Like you don't want that to, again, become something that, that can be addressed. No, because, um. The end, you know, everyone gets gets hurt with that. No, but yes, um, but to some extent, is is about okay. So, why do you feel you need to do this? Uh, Are you really hiding a problem? Maybe there's something yeah. else that needs to be addressed that we are not seeing because you're doing that extra. Uh, so maybe you know, raise it up. What, what what is it? How can we know? Is it? Uh, the project, public plan. Is it you know? Do we need more people? Is, well, what is it? No, do we don't have the skills? Like what? What's the deal? No, and being able to have that conversation as soon as possible. Not just say, hey, go home, uh, you know, be with sure. your family, etc. Which is which exactly. is okay as well, right? It's, it's a good message yeah. for you, but um, uh, but that's one. The other thing is, I feel like um, I've seen this in different people, different stages of their career. And I feel like when you've been burned in the past, uh, you kind of know where the limit is. So some people yeah. are more capable of knowing where the limit is and kind of stop it before that happens. Uh, at least that's my sensation. That when you're just your starting, no, when you're starting, it's like ah, uh, you know, uh, I'll be coding until two in the morning, and then the <laughs> next day is like <laughs> I feel terrible. No, but. Uh-huh. Well, it's not a sustainable pace, no. Like if you've gone through that, yeah. maybe you are uh, better equipped, no, to understand where your limits are because it's very, very personal uh, balance that that we're talking about here as well. Now everyone's limit is is different, no, and yeah, um, and then the character traits also. Like you know, some
1: some people are like you know really wanting to finish something and then then focus their willpower, then they collapse after that and then you get sick, but they really want to. Finish something, and and there's there's others that are like uh, maybe feeling a bit more balanced. Which I um, I don't mean that as a qualification, like. Um, mm-hmm. But um. But it's it. I think it's good to have a conversation about like you know the long term effects and how you can plan for that. Like I think it's it's yeah. very important to zoom out from your daily problem and think of like you know how how can you improve like um your long term um, like, you know, growth as an engineer.
0: For example. Before you were talking about kind of stages, no, of, of, uh, safety That's of psychological sure. safety. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned inclusion, you mentioned, like, can, can you elaborate a little bit more on that, uh, on that model? Yes.
1: Yes. So, um, there, there's a book from Timothy Clark who's mentioning we have four stages of psychological safety. Um, and he argues that there's always the same path that you need to go from like you know feeling included to actually getting to a point where you innovate so you have four different stages that happens for teams and they progress through this as they int- int- intentionally create like cultures of improved psychological safety so the first one we're talking about like is the is inclusion safety this is really the question about like, can I be my authentic self on the team? Can I be, can I express myself as I am and I'm valued as this individual or are there barriers and, and people hide between, you know, titles and statuses, for example, in positions of authority and um, mm-hmm. do people compare and compete instead of collaborate or are differences actually celebrated, and do um, we, as a team, have like connecting uh, rituals? As an example, like there's, we all have been new to teams, um, and that gives like if you're hired, it gives you actually an official membership uh, status, but you still need the team sociocultural sociocultural acceptance to gain inclusion South so they need to know your name, they need to enjoy working with you and like, you know, you need to go out for lunches, dinners or beers or whatever
0: you do in order to like, you know, create this environment of resources. Yeah, being accepted, not a kind of very true have, have that um yeah. Have that feeling no belonging. No, or, or being that's what the, you, of- exactly.
1: Yeah. And that's that's definitely the the basis. So like what well, if if that's what you need in a team to actually get them to the part where you can start thinking of like, okay, can I grow and how can I grow in this team without without the fear of failure. So um, learner safety, which is the second stage on this, um, satisfies our basic need to grow. Um, it allows us to feel safe as we engage with like you know uh, trying out things, sharing that we don't know stuff. Um, learning asking questions and making errors without um being ridiculed or loved so um i like in a team when when we have as an example when we have learner safety i personally would feel safe to say that like you know during my leadership um roles i have lost some of my programming skills and i would like enjoy like you know learning some of this again whereas if i don't have it i like you know i would not share any of this because like a that I could feel like you know is a mistake, or that I will be seen miss- as a weakness. No, it, 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 it's a it's weakness. definitely
0: weakness, and it's a vulnerability. Sure, it it that can be seen, seen with my exactly. It, it exactly exactly. In the yeah. So this idea of, of vulnerability uh, is something that is quite um, yeah. quite important in, in that sense. No, and and you touch. So so you're talking about inclusion mm-hmm. safety. You're talking about uh, learner safety. I think exactly. you, exactly. you called it. Um, are there any others? Because i I would like to, uh, I would like us to dig into those to see, you know, what are some of the um, yeah, ex- experiences, tips, tricks, like what what is it that you can do as as a leader as well to be able to, you know, introduce right. those things? Because I think like that will help a lot. But are there any other? Uh, Okay, area it's in that journey that you, you that you
1: Okay, the next one is that contribute to safety where you actually feel to contribute and feel that you use all the skills that you have um in your team to actually contribute and change something and be part of um like you know the big organization or the execution that you're doing. The last one is challenge to safety where you actually cross the barrier of innovation like where you as a team then start thinking of like okay what is it, how can we do things better? And like it actually touches your nat- natural desire to make things better. And, um, that's done the fourth and final stage of, uh, the four stages of psychological safety that you can have.
0: Okay. So, so let's go back then to the first one, right? So what, could, what is it that I could be doing now? Let's say I'm a, um. A new technical lead, right? Like I just joined a company yeah. and a technical lead position, or I've been promoted and I might not know my team or the the people that are going to be working with, or even the, yeah, you know, you you go into management, so now you're, you're part of some sort of management group that you may yeah. not necessarily be um, in yeah. contact with normally, no? Yeah, um, yeah. So what, what what are some ideas that you what people? The, try to I think that's the thing, like in the
1: beginning you mentioned, like we're in the software engineering space and th- sometimes we're like not that great in these um, social skills. Well, that's basically the thing that you need to work on here, because it's like about like treating humans as humans. It's, it's, it's that easy thing about like, you know, um, actually trying to form your team like you know knowing your team members knowing the differences that you have like knowing their birthdays it's like you're not their father and you don't need to buy presents for it but like you know you want to form a team so like you know a team is consistent of like human beings so you need to touch the human being around this you need to be the one that introduces yourself and be the example that actually asks more than tells stuff You need to listen to your team members and and the challenges that you have. So it's you as a leader who have like a big responsibility on creating this environment where everybody is able to listen to each other and then use the different um, unique individuals that you have on the team to actually form the unique team that you have. A lot of uniqueness that I have here, but I think it's the individuality that you need to have.
0: No, it's 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 good, and and it also points to another area because like, you mentioned before, like you may be hired in the company, but that does not mean that you are part of the team yeah. yet. No, or that you you know, there's this concept of the rite of passage, kind of. No, true. No, I feel like as a leader, and it, this may happen naturally, but you can definitely design some of some of these things. Yeah. No, and um, uh, but if, for instance, us... a uh, so One way that we implement this, and I've seen others and in other companies that I work in. And so, when people join, we have these regular catch ups, right? Where you know people share stuff, you know, we do ses- learning sessions uh, on or people share things on topics, or we do team building stuff like all sorts of things. And we do this regularly. So, when someone joins, they um they are told to send themselves, right? So they, they need to put together either slides or whatever. Like you don't have to put anything together if you don't want to, right? Uh, but it's basically, you know, people are going to show up and, you know, they want to know you. So what can you tell them about you? you? know, what do you think is interesting that they know and, and so on? Yeah. And then they go through that and people ask questions. And then you know, so, so you were stimulating that active listening, really... Getting interested in the other person. What's your story? Where, where do you come from? What are the things that you like? What is that? No, and, and you often find that people find uh, things in common, right? Like oh no, so you lady and D. Oh, you like you also like riding bikes. Oh, you also you know like trekking. Whatever. Like all of those things are are there, and and that's part of that discovery. But then we ask them a few questions, and it's completely uh, you know we always ask the same questions, yeah, uh, and they are completely relevant. <laughs> All right, but that is kind of our right of, of passage, and then from there on, it's kind of like that's the seal of approval. Letter. So now we know where you stand. No, with the kind of uh, segmentation, no, that the, the answers uh, give. No, but I feel like that's one way of doing, it. and it's very 100%. fairly innocuous, right? You don't really yeah. need any, but it is part of that, you know, acceptance and yeah. and getting the team to to gel together not like to, yeah. to congeal together right
1: yes. but, let's, let, let's move on the, on the learner safety so when you feel like actually this is more the piece where you talk about like you know um, learning as part of like the growth that you have as a team the one biggest thing I think is crucial that you start you know, separating errors from like actually the uh, fear and like you know the fear from having mistakes so this is the piece in there that you help you that usually can actually help your team to um detach that and there's a one of the things coming from from a a book called the fearless organization from amy edmondson was actually one of the uh researchers that coined the term psychological safety and you can think of like three different types of errors there's preventable errors complexity related errors and intelligent errors preventable errors is like, you know, you introduce a bug and it goes into production because you didn't adhere to some, or oh, like peer review. You didn't, you like, didn't write a test or you didn't run the test. Exactly. Yeah. So these are errors that can be preventable as the name says. And if you adhere more to some coding standards, or if you as a team, like, you know, go and introduce some standards, um, you can definitely improve, um, like, you know, your performance as a team. Um then there's complexity related errors they get they're more complex like think of the microservice architecture they interact in a way um that was not foreseen you get some bursts or you get like you know, some outages somewhere these are not easy to find um but you can like you know if you if you plan or do um more wider tests or like you know start to do architectural changes or load testing and things like that you can you can use these errors to actually increase the resiliency of your overall system. And then the third one is like intelligent errors where you on purpose go out and innovate, like introduce like new algorithms, new libraries, or you use a new technology stack by trying to improve like you know parts of your system, however you don't know the outcome, and like things don't work out, which is like natural when you explore new things. And these are valid, really valuable for like, you know, you as a team for the knowledge that you gained, and this is part of the innovation. So there's three concepts that you have there. You as a leader can use them to help your team understand like, you know, like, okay, we have different errors. You can talk about them and you can actually start having a conversation about like, what do we do about the different errors? And not like, Hey, if you do a preventable errors, like, you know, I beat you up, something like that. It's like, it helps you. Separating things like, you know, you, ha- you can help your team actually think about like, oh, that's a preventable error. So we should do better training or like, okay, load testing. Can this help us? Or like, yes, now we're talking about like innovation. How can we, de- these errors that we get are actually part of the learnings that we want to create.
0: Okay. I think there's a few things that I love about what you're um, mentioning right now. Right. Is that one is they are kind of categorized by root cause or, you know, like, like where, where the error comes from. Right. Which I think is seller because some of these things, like if it's a preventable error, well, then, you know, let's just fix it. Right. And, and, yeah. Be done with it. No. And, um, and so on. Right. Like the, the, it helps you uh, approach, the solution, or let's say, finding the root cause and addressing yeah. the root cause in a much more constructive way, I would say. Yeah. So. You know? um, and while at the same time recognizing that, you know, as part of the learning, you're gonna make mistakes, and you should be okay with that. What you need to do is, you know, manage the risk uh, that those mistakes can uh, so generate, or, or the the impact that those mistakes can have. No, and 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 that's a very constructive conversation to have with your team if, if they're thinking about it as, uh, that way that's that's great no yeah um, and there's the, uh, one part on this uh, sorry because I just realized
1: like one of my team members um, um, one of my leads actually said he was one of the persons who always had like very high standards with the teams and on the preventable errors when he introduced it he said like that's like quality related we don't want to have these errors he's not introducing fear but he's saying like look This is a standard that we don't want to have. Like we should immediately go there, but if we repeat these ones, like, you know, something is really wrong with us as like, as individuals, not introducing fear, but introducing a high bar. Look guys, don't do preventable errors. If we,
0: if you're just testing, like improve that. And I would say more, I, there is this aspect of, you know especially in in, in lean no lean manufacturing methodology yeah. and this kind of thing where you think of systems not of people right like if something is not going well now there's a defect It's not because you know right. uh, Marcus was behind the the thing now which is could yeah. be an approach that a lot of people feel you know that that's kind of like the 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 knee-jerk reaction for them. Like, oh, who made a mistake? Now like, oh, like who pushed this thing into production? Like, well, guess what? It could have been him, it could be something somebody else. Yeah. Right. Because the system is designed so that this can happen. Right. There was That's no true. kind of fail-safe. There was no kind of so by by decoupling that as well from people, no? And just talking about the error and the root cause of the error as as part of the system. For you talk about the root cause of the error as as, you know, also, rode the goat. <laughs> that's, yeah. not, that's not going to do you much. Uh, that's not going to help you very much, right? But, um, but this approach, no, it's thinking that you are working within the system and that overall what you want to do is improve the overall system, not yes. independently of, of the individuals. And of course, they're a big part of that, and you work on on that. No, but uh, but I think that's important. And the the other aspect that I feel is quite interesting from what you mentioned is the learning right because at no point yeah you, we made a mistake okay what did we learn <laughs> and No? know and i feel like this kind of forces you to think of you yes. know why this happened what is the root cause yeah so is the and and have that in place um to to kind of have that i, I think the the biggest error no <laughs> is is not learning from them no, it's, it's, it's kind of like not right. looking at what happened, yeah. And if you, uh, if you have that learning going on, right? If you're able to understand why it happened and and get something from that and put it back into the system in order to improve it, uh, you're basically making it better, right? Like then it becomes yes. a happy little accident. Oh, look at that! We didn't know about this, but now we now we know, so we can fix it, so, right? So. Uh, kind of kind of approach, right? Yeah. Uh, wherever you don't, then this if there's no learning happening, then it's not going to improve, right? Yeah. And, and, and that
1: actually blends into the next level because obviously these stages are on top of each other, but like there's, there's like gray zones and they interact between each other, which actually goes into the contribution that you do down. Like, you know, okay. So we've learned about it. Like what are the things that we do actually with the skills that we have to actually improve? Um, and our systems, the resiliency of our systems and, and how, how, how do, what do we do to actually create now value as a team, um, in order to fix in this case, like the, the errors and the problems that we have.
0: Yeah. So, so then moving on then to the contributor safety, uh, kind yeah. of thing. So what, what, yeah, what do you think can be done there? So what, what do you, what
1: we'd like to have,
0: uh, just to, um, Focus on that uh,
1: quickly for the audience. Is like we want to have our team to use their skills and the ability to participate in the value creation process. So you work with passion and autonomy, and you want to solve problems and not just tasks. And you want to, like you know, have the space to do things your way and
0: en- engage yeah. with your work meaningfully. no like exactly. really, really can really exactly. contribute. Like this is what we mean. Like of exactly. course, if you're doing a task. Yes. You're contributing, yeah. right? Like, exactly. You're, but you're not really engaging or, or contributing. It's not, you're not taking ownership for, for that. Yes, that
1: much. exactly. So what can you do as a lead to actually help with that? Well, um, I think it's helpful to think of accountability on different levels. Um, introduced by, by, um, Timothy Clark, which is one of the, um, uh, one of the, the author. Or the author, yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. So he said, like, there's three elements of accountability that you can think of. There's task level accountability, project based uh, accountability, and outcome based accountability. So, um, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, like, you know, processes are uh, defined by tasks and outcomes are defined by, by processes. So there is this level of uh, accountability and all ownership that you can have. And you, as a lead, can use like your coaching skills, which range from like just telling people what to do to actually asking them how they would do things, like you know, um, touching their critical thinking. So, um, what you can do there, if you think of the accountability that exists and the coaching levels that exist for you, you can move people from like you know, telling them how to do a task to actually, um asking them up to like just asking them how they could deliver outcomes by moving them up through the ladder of accountability through the coaching that you do, where you move from just telling people what to do to asking them So you. You actually get like a lay of the land from your, from every single team member that you have. You can say like, well, Jose is um, really great on doing tasks and he's starting out doing processes, but like he still needs some help in this one. So I'm not going to, just asking to deliver this project and leave him all the autonomy on this one I still make sure that like you know I help him with these things because before I'm moving him up to something else and I can talk with you about it and actually can tell you look I want you to move up to like an outcome based accountability but we need this and that in order to like move up so let's look at what are the skills that we can improve and like you know what's needed for you to like you know move up the ladder here
0: exactly so so this goes back again to the goldilocks challenge uh kind of thing as well No. so understanding where people are in regards to their skills so understanding you know what they're good at and and that kind of thing so what they will become more than good at because being good or bad you know it's like that's a spectrum you you always start being bad no so it's more about you know what are the things that they would be comfortable trying out or that you you feel based on The current skill level on on the history, no? Uh, That they would be able to, you know, would be an appropriate level of challenge for it. Correct. And then bringing that over if it's not happening on its own, right? Or, you know, if they're trying to bite more than they can chew, um, kind of also reflecting on that, no? Because in the end, that could also be detrimental. If they try to do more, they can burn out, out out outcome. exactly yeah, more or like you know the organization is not happy with the outcome
1: there and it's too much for the person and yeah. you need to make sure you need to manage that as a leader.
0: exactly exactly so so I think understanding that where people are and, and adapting to that in your team and and figuring out you know what's the right challenge for people and what do they need because sometimes they may be able to tell you what it is that they need in order to to for you to support them but sometimes you need to figure that out you no know, or at least you know do do it as a as a collaborative process because they may not know what they're lacking and and that kind of thing, right? So I, I feel like those skills, like that coaching aspect, is um, definitely a necessary skill if you want to get people moving in that direction. No, and and yeah. performing well there. Is there anything? And
1: it's very transparent. You can you can use that pretty pretty easy like you know
0: it's could, a, it's a conversation, like, right? Yeah to be uh, exactly. you No, know, and actually this exactly. thing then and of course this you know it's it's all easier if you already have this psychological safety that we were talking about, you Now, And people do feel comfortable telling you telling you the things so, that which we do you know, we've been discussing this model, etc. but um there uh, you know Patrick Lenisoni, from the five dysfunctions of a team and uh-huh. and all that. So he has a, a model as well on how to get how to yeah. teams and so on. And it starts with that uh, trust. No, he defines it as yes. not just trust as in, I know what's going to happen, but trust as in, I can be vulnerable, right? Like I trust that yes. nobody is going to be attacking me. So exactly. Right. Like maybe what yeah. you need is to support people, give them a good challenge, et cetera, et cetera, so that they can, uh, they can continue growing. No. Yeah. The one thing that
1: I felt interesting in the contributor safety is, you're already starting actually to get. Um, if if your teams is contributing, you're already starting to cross the barrier of innovation because if you're all coming together to really try uh, to solve the problem, um, there is this one type of innovation um, that's needed for you when your business is actually at risk that you don't need challenger safety for you can already like have your team, like your team that is executing, you can have them challenge the status quo because it's now accepted to challenge the status quo because the challenge the status quo is now threatened by some outsiders, so to say like, you know, so whatever it is that's risking your business, like there's, there's already innovation that on this level can happen. It won't happen like internally, like I go around and think like, oh, these processes should be different, but like, you know, if there's, our external threat. Well, then everybody comes together, and it's a lot about execution and innovation during this execution process um, that already exists in there. So, um, innovation is already something that that happens when when
0: you're able like uh, to be there and to work like you know at, at that at that environment. Okay. So then the the challenger safety kind of level that we were talking about is that. Uh, in this context that you're saying like now we're challenged by the or you're saying that innovation maybe already have be happening uh, when you're contributing no like what's so yeah exactly there's the path that
1: you that there's the there is like this line that you start crossing there's the Mm -hmm. challenge of safety that you have like which is the fourth stage where I where, where I can where I as a team or as a team member can be candid about the change that I think that needs to be done so it's my 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 desire to do things better is supported. So I can give candor to my team lead or across authorities. So it's like, you know it's the thing where you ask for feedback as a lead. And then mm-hmm. people give you open feedback and you're like, hey, like I you know like they uh, just you can react in the different ways, which is mm-hmm. like, okay. Well, yeah, okay, thanks for that. And we move it into the bin and let me continue, Well, like, okay, there, there, there's some interesting ideas, like how do we uh, work on that? And it goes to like, how do we respond actually constructively to like disruptive ideas?
0: When we're talking about challenge and I, again, I, I stress this because sometimes you get people that, I don't know, join a team. And they again, they they feel kind of this pressure. No, I need to contribute. I need to. Yeah. Uh, but and, and then they yeah. they start challenging everything. Yeah. Right? And everything that I would do it differently. So I'm gonna. No. So so that can also be misunderstood. No. As as psychological safety that I was talking about, and it's not like the There is this aspect of challenging and moving the conversation forward and actually addressing things that are yep. that are needed, and then yep. there is the disruption aspect of just. Challenging everything just because I disagree, or you know, I would do yep. differently, or whatever. Because then I feel like you're not, uh, you don't understand the context well enough, you no, know, to to make sure that those challenges actually make sense, right? Yes. Like, and and that usually creates friction, and you know, like all of these things happen. So, um, I th- this is this is very common, right? Like we are consultants, For right? so. So but people do feel the pressure, no, to kind of contribute, and because you're being paid to make things better as well, no. Uh, and this is something that you need to learn how to handle very well individually and as a leader as yes. well. If you have someone who, because you need to understand that that's coming from eagerness to, you know, to to contribute, no, and to, yes. to the conversation as well, as well, but it's poorly focus, no, or it's yes. addressed now because of like a yes. context or, or whatever, even yes. it, it may even be that when you're challenging, you're not challenging, uh, yeah, respectfully, no, or you're not, you, you kind of saying it the way that you're thinking it, which may not be mm-hmm. the most, uh, polite way of doing it. No, right. whatever. and, and all of those things go against what you're trying to accomplish now, which is you know, very sure. making, making things move forward. Yes. How do you balance this part of like you know
1: you're listening to everyone and every word, voice is welcome and listened to. How do you also manage to like you know saying no to some of these ideas? That's definitely the challenge that you have. Um,
0: Think, the leaders, yeah, as a leader and having yeah. dealing with the with that situation. No, I yeah. I agree. And you know what? It's it's not about saying no. And that's it, that's the end of the conversation. I think, uh, one thing that I try to do as much as possible is give the reasoning behind that decision. Yeah. So, so it's, it's still a conversation. Yeah. And by giving you the reason, I'm also giving you the opportunity to, to challenge that reasoning because I may be wrong. There may be information that I'm missing No. So that, so that's important. And then the other aspect that I uh no so so you're still engaging and in, in the conversations and so on yeah. the other aspect is it's not now right like it's not yeah. uh, like oh we need to you know change the whole stack okay yes yes I agree in principle with you that we need to do this but not now right because wow, we have this other priority and this is what we need to focus on and then yeah. and and by the way it doesn't mean we don't we forget about it or whatever. And this, I think is, is one of those things that people do fear. No, it's like, Hey, I'm telling you this, I think this should be improved, but you're not doing anything about it. So I feel like recognizing that there is the need and and, and also, uh, showing that the, the consideration for the, not for, for what they're proposing and what's going to happen. Okay. So it's not now so when will we reevaluate this idea when are we going to have the conversation again to see if it's a better timing yes. or not what you know what can we do in the meantime to avoid you know when we get to this point that we won't be shooting ourselves in the foot that kind of that kind of thing i think that that even that kind of conversation yes we're not doing it now but we're still channeling the energy and Above all, we're not demotivating people and going against what we were trying to accomplish, like everyone's contributing, innovation is happening and and so on. Right. So I feel like those two strategies tend to work quite well for me. Um, don't know if you, you have other, um, there's this part really important,
1: like you've now committed to, um, talking about this in the future. You need to make sure that like, you know, you hold up to this commitment. I totally agree on this, um. I think there's one additional aspect that you um should also consider as a lead when we're talking about like challenger safety. And this is more externally facing probably like when you're like when your team starts to like you know um going out of their own comfort zone and really trying to make things better. Um what you need to give them is air cover, like uh, protection in the sense of like, you know, you need to make sure that the organization is now not going against them or going, coming to you as a lead or saying like, Hey, what are they doing here? Like, you know, that's my, choice. why don't you like, fire you know, him? No, like- exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. So, but that's also important. Like, you know, teams need to go out, um, like in, in, in a controlled way, but in a supported way by you, you as a lead, like you cannot go. Which which happened to me also with some with, with some of my teams, which was they were really eager on trying to do something new. They had innovative ideas. They have built like actually a service to to do that. And then um they were going to the this other team and they were just like, Well, you fuck off. This is my turf, like you know, you're not gonna touch anything here. So you need to make sure that like your team is is supported in in this challenge in this innovation, innovative process. So I think that that's the second part that you need to balance as a lead. You need to see like how you not only handle that internally, but externally, you really need to support that. And having people being vulnerable outside
0: makes them vulnerable. So you, it's your protection that they need. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's another aspect and I use this with uh, teams. teams When they're forming when i'm going to start working with them and all all sorts of um all sorts of points not during the lifetime Mm -hmm. of a a team uh which is um an agreement no it's kind of like uh this is these are the ground rules of how we want to work together and it touches on things like you know values how we want to deal with conflict and and so on and and so forth but there is a couple there of things that are kind of non-negotiable for yeah, when, when I do this type of exercise, yeah, uh, one of them is no secrets, Yeah. And, uh, and you just touched on it, right? Uh, on that, right? Like I have a problem with X and instead of dealing in directly with the issue and having the conversation, providing feedback, whatever, no, I come to you to try to you know, get your help in, in solving you the know. problem. And and there are many problems with this and from the point of view yes. of safety or the safety that you're trying to create in the in the team, it's yeah. it's terrible. Right? Yes. Trying is awful. Exactly, stuff. exactly. Right. Yeah. So you're triangulating your your this trials that, that are created are evil, no? Um because then you're making the situation more complex. Right, well, that first is introducing more people yeah. and then said said everything is like second hand or third hand yeah. uh, uh no, yes recounts of things. Um, mm-hmm. but also you're removing agency from people to deal with right. their own problems. Right? Yes. So they're transferring the responsibility to you. Maybe they don't know that they're doing that, no? But yeah. basically they're oh I'm helpless, you know. Exactly. Solve the problem for me and that completely removes exactly. that agency, no? So, and so you, means I don't own it anymore, like uh, exactly. somebody exactly. come exactly. and help me solve it. Please. Exactly. Yes. And and so that's one aspect. And the other aspect is like, if that is happening, yeah, uh, then people cannot trust the agreement itself, yes. right? Because like, the, then that means that, you know, there are things that are happening, but we are not being discussed, right. Or exactly. not openly being, being discussed, yes. right. And, and that breaks the trust, right? Because if I cannot trust it, you're going to tell me what you really think, no? It's like we having this conversation. Uh, I disagree with what you're saying, but I say yes. And then when the meeting finishes, I go <laughs> to your boss, no? And I say, oh, you, you know, you really, really this time, no, like whatever, well, what do you think? Or, you know, that that kind of thing, right? So all of those things, are those dynamics, no? That are very human in in nature, no? Uh, yes. Definitely work against what you're trying to accomplish. So it's important to keep it, you know, the same way that you keep those standards on yes. uh, on you know, the code or whatever. You keep that yeah. the relationship itself, no, and how we yes. want to deal yes. uh, with with things within the team, the organization, the group, no, um, in order for for people to really believe that there is that safety, right? Again, yes. it's easy, difficult to construct, very easy to to break. Very true. No, yeah, violations uh, of safety need to be sanctioned. It's to be okay. clear as well, right? And it's to be clear. and uh, and again, this is something that you know people might struggle with because you may have a good developer in the team, but he's not a very nice person. He's not a you know like yes. may not be, yeah, so so that is that is an issue that you have to deal with. It is your problem, yeah. right? Because it will end up affecting um yeah. everyone else, right? So there's one topic before we close that I would like us to talk about as well. I mentioned the beginning, like what's the ROI for all of this, right? We talked about productivity, we talked about innovation, etc., cetera, et cetera. But if we're um, if we're thinking as an organization, let's say a bank, right, which is very well known for their uh, for their psychological safety, you know, <laughs> at work and things like that, um, like. What are, like, if I want to make it tangible, right? Like, if I want to build a case um, either to, I don't know, move it internally, maybe get some funding for to, to train people or to do some sort of program internally or things like this, um, what are some of the things that you would look at in order to understand, um, at least try to connect it somehow to, to an outcome, right? Like, we can do all of this input or, or activity there can be yes. all this activity but yes. what is it that you get now you know as a business or a team yeah. lead or whatever you yeah so i i think there's two things uh to
1: that on the one side you actually need to think on how you can measure psychological safety per se because you need to be able to like th- there's ways on measuring like where you stand because only if you have this you can actually show progress and then you can relate this to the ROI that you were defining and that needs to be business related that like really act on, on some business cases that we're having where you can talk about like, you know, um, uh, tenure or like, you know, people leaving,
0: um, organizations. So, but, like, yeah. Retention rotation kind of thing. So how much yeah. does it cost me not having the employee? Yes. How much does it cost me hiring yeah. a new employee? How much does yeah. it cost me until they are as productive, yeah. at least as the other employee. So that can already yeah. help you put a number on some.
1: Exactly. So there's there's a, this part about like, you know, high performing teams and like, you know, what's, what are high performing teams and how do you get to high performing teams? Well, you can show through, um, google's aristotle project for example where they were looking into actually what are the measurements of getting high performing teams and what are they related the... with exactly the five from the five things that came up like um the the authors mentioned like um psychological safety was far away the most important of the five dynamics we found for high performance teams so if you just want to relate it to like you know we want to build high performance teams because that helps us to, like, you know, innovate and and improve and have higher IROIs, psychological safety is the one thing that you can invest on. If you look at the state of DevOps reports, like, there's the four key metrics everybody's talking about, and not very often people are actually talking that psychological safety is essential to get, actually, the foundational factors working for software delivery teams. So that's in most of the um, uh, on of the on of the reports that Dora was uh, building. So I think there's a high case of like you know if you want to do anything on performance, well that's a good investment. Then you still need to build your case you about like it.
0: Yeah. You, yeah, but yes. you cannot ignore it uh, whatsoever yeah. because it's the foundation for everything for everything yes. else, right? And and I completely agree with this. This is actually when we do. As part of our, uh, let's say, coaching process, when we're doing technical coaching, working with teams in order to improve, you know, productivity, efficiency, uh, uh, effectiveness, no, um, that is one of the things that we that we work on a lot, right? Because you can't, like, you can teach people TDD, you can teach the practices and so on, but if they're not working well as people, as a team, yes, no, and they're not able to communicate and they then. You're never going to get the productivity that you increase you your that's it right And sometimes just addressing those things and having them or facilitating them having certain conversations and so on, that already makes a big difference yes 100% uh, for, for the team and you didn't really introduce any new technical practices or you didn't do any yeah. factorings, right? Like it's more about how people were collaborating in in the first place, right? Yeah. and I feel like trust is at the center of, of all of that, right um, That's right and we, we pay a lot of attention to build that into the team to build that uh, with the relationship in the relationship with the coach as well or with the coaches as well um, as part of that. yeah And again we'll be talking more about uh, developer experience and all this. this is actually one of the first uh, podcasts that we want to do on the topic. and uh, I guess that we are on time. Maybe we should start <laughs> wrapping it up. Are there any um, any final words, recommendations? Uh, you mentioned a couple of books. We're gonna add um, links in the description for the stuff we yeah. we we have a starter kit. No, if, if yeah, exactly. So there's two things that I that I thought like about
1: adding here, which is um for the ones who want to learn more in the show notes, we're gonna add a lot of literature um. And that you can have as a learning opportunities on a no-code basis. So that helps you grow your skills. But for the practitioner in here, we also brought you a starter kit. So you can have like a questionnaire, um, the the rationale about like the questions that you have and the post actions that you want to do with your team. Because after you've asked them about psychological safety, you definitely want to do something with the results. so you're going to get all of this um, for anybody who wants to like, you know, talk about this in more detail or wants to follow up. I would love to learn from you or see if I can help in any way. So reach out on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your... Um... It's mcbacher, Marcus C. on LinkedIn. So just reach out to MC mcbacher. Uh, we, okay, we, we can we add We can add
0: it put in, in the description. Uh, ACL, and uh, you are on Twitter as well. On I'm, on not, X I'm not. and not on X. X Okay.
1: I was. I was on Twitter. When it moved to being X, I, I removed that. But that's a, a, for a different type of conversation.
0: Well, Marcus, it's been a pleasure. Uh, like, really, really enjoyed the conversation today. Uh, you know, I came into the topic a bit. Uh, you know, this is this could be a lot of wishy-washy kind of oh, yeah. uh, but I, I'm actually leaving with lots of very concrete things that I can that I can try and definitely will look into moving uh, uh, forward. I hope that everyone that is listening uh, as well and uh, I can only say you know it's been a pleasure and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you very much. like feedback, bike. I think so. Oh, no problem. Take good care and for everyone else, see you on the next one.